Hello, this is Pastor Manning bringing you the Beacon of Hope podcast from 2032 Cedar Hill Road, Lancaster, Ohio, Lighthouse Baptist Church. I'm glad to be with you today, and I want to give you some thoughts from a familiar account in the Bible. If I were titling this, I would entitle it, Jesus and the Guilty Woman. John chapter 8 records this event. It says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, the scribes are people who spent their whole life writing. That's what a scribe did. And specifically, they copied the Word of God. They were people who, because that was their full-time vocation, you could ask them about any passage, any subject, and they would take you right to where it was in the Bible. These were people who knew what was in the Bible. The Pharisees were also people who knew their, their Bible, their Scripture that they had, very, very well. It was not uncommon for them to memorize large portions of it. That's important to understand. So what they've done is they've brought in this woman, and their accusation is, uh, in verse 4, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Don't know if the woman's husband uh, found her and and the other man. I don't know if, if the other man's wife or uh, found her or someone else found her and that man together. But by their admission, they said, we know for sure she's guilty because they were discovered in the very act of adultery. Verse 5, they continue. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. You have to understand something. The Jewish people were not allowed to execute or bring forth a death sentence uh, on their own people because they were under Roman law. That's why later on Jesus would have to be delivered unto unto Pilate, the Roman governor, in order to be crucified or in order to be executed. Why? Because the Romans reserved the right of the capital punishment at that time. And so they're trying to put Jesus in a very bad situation. They're trying to either make him speak against the law of Moses and uh, and just let her go, or they're trying to get him to to speak and uh, make a pronouncement, which he's not allowed to do, Uh, and put him in trouble with the Roman government. But let's see what happens. It says, But Jesus, when they said this to him, stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. I'll just give you a little truth here. You don't have to answer every question that's given. And he didn't dignify it with an immediate response. So when they continued asking him, they just kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. Can you imagine he's stooped down writing? They're asking him. They keep asking. He lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Nobody knows for sure what Jesus wrote. That's always been a puzzle. 
But wouldn't it be amazing if what he was writing was Deuteronomy 22.22? So, well, preacher, what's that? Well, Deuteronomy 22.22, it gives the law that they were referring to. See, they brought this woman and said she was caught in adultery in the very act. And then they said, according to Moses' law, she's supposed to be stoned. Well, Deuteronomy 22.22 is where that is recorded. It's not what it says. In Deuteronomy 22.22, what it says is, if the man and woman are found to commit adultery, both of them are to be executed. It was a capital offense. And both of them were supposed to be. Now, since by their profession, she was caught in the very act of adultery, they knew who the man was. But they didn't bring him. They just brought her. They weren't trying to obey the law of Moses. They were trying to, trying to catch and snare Jesus. I wonder what he did right. And perhaps he could have written Deuteronomy 22, 22. And of course, they were disobeying that. So they were seeking to condemn and judge her by the law, which they themselves were not keeping. Well, that goes to the very heart of the matter then what he said there. When he, when he lifted himself up and said, He that is without sin among you, those who have brought her under this pretext, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. So they left. The oldest one left first. And then one by one, they walked away. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. Can you imagine how scared she would have been? Embarrassed at being caught, convicted about uh, the wrong of what she was doing, knowing that this, this group which brought her, uh, they were un unreasonable, and uh, uh, she probably thought she was going to die right then. And now Jesus asked her, and said, we're your accusers. Anybody accusing you? And she said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Here's the thoughts. <clears throat> and, uh, so, and between Jesus and the guilty woman, these are just some thoughts I had on this passage. Uh, number one, Jesus is the only one who could have condemned her because he is the only one that was without sin. When he looked at that group of men and said, he that is without sin among you, cast the first stone, the one who was saying that to them was the only person that was without sin. He was the only one who could have condemned, but he chose not to. The Son of Man came not to destroy. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He will be coming back as a judge, and he will be faced as such. But that's not why he came the first time. He came not to condemn, but to forgive. And he was the only one that could have. Uh, second thought is, her past did not have to be her future. He made the statement, and I love this, he said, go and sin no more. In other words, what she had been 
is not what she had to be in the future. Unfortunately, a lot of times it is for people, <clears throat> but it doesn't have to be. And that's the sad part when it is, because the past does not have to be the future. The past has to be acknowledged, and the past has to be dealt with if something needs fixed, and the past has to be remembered to the extent that you realize there's a danger there for you. But it is not your future. As someone who's been a liar doesn't have to keep being a liar. Someone who's been a thief doesn't have to keep being a thief. Someone who's been an adulterer or a fornicator does not have to keep being an adulterer or fornicator. Someone who's been a drunkard doesn't have to keep being a drunkard. The past does not have to be the future. Then the word that he said there, he said, go. I love this. He said to her, go. What's that mean? It means you have a life to live. You have people to care for. Do you know she did have a husband? He said, get back to living and do what's right. Hey, this was a very bad thing. What she was doing was a very bad thing. What they were doing was a very bad thing. It was a bad situation all the way around. And Jesus, at the end of this, says, go. He said, now, get on with living. This has been dealt with. Get on with living. This has been dealt with. Now, go. You, you go. Don't linger. Don't wallow in it. Go. And then <clears throat> the other thought. He said, go. He didn't just say go. He said, go and sin no more. Uh, he, the adultery was unacceptable. In no way did he act like it was okay or somehow she was a victim. The adultery was unacceptable. But it could not be undone. She could not become unadulterated. She could not undo what had been done. So the adultery was unacceptable. Jesus said that. He called it sin. That's a strong word, especially coming from the Savior. It was unacceptable, but it could not be undone. Um, that it no longer, it was no longer a choice that could be made. She, she did not have a choice anymore to make whether or not she had committed adultery. That choice had been made. But she did have a choice as to what she would do from that point forward. And so the adultery was unacceptable, but Future sin was not inevitable. So he said, go, get on back to living. And by the way, as you go, don't sin anymore. Don't go back to what you were doing. Don't go back to the wrong. Go away from that. Go forward from that. And what we see here is the only one who could have condemned is the one who instead did not condemn, but showed her the way to go and now live a life without condemnation. These are some uh, great truths found in this familiar account. Hope you have a blessed day. May the Lord bless you.